from the inkwells of Noir. To the digital screens of today. The kids present the comic book character of the month. Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening as we continue Manga Month here on Kirby's Kids with our comic book character of the month, Big Hero 6. Next up is Big Hero 6, Volume 1, Number 2, New Kids on the Block, December 2008. Big Hero 6 is Japan's greatest superhero team. When a group of villains wreaks havoc in Tokyo, Big Hero 6 fights back and saves the day, only to find that the villains were a diversion from the theft of valuable and mysterious artifacts. Now our heroes are headed undercover to New York with Furiwamu, high-level intelligence bigwig, in order to stop the thief and save that last artifact. The writer for this particular issue is Chris Claremont. David Nakayama does the pencilings. Our colorist is Emily Warren. Our letterer is Ed Dirkshire. And we'll be hearing from our assistant editor, Jordan D. White, when we do those Big Hero 6 backups at the end of this issue. Our land hole. There's our literary aisle. We open up with our kids establishing a base of operations in the suburbs of New York. Seems to be around the Long Island area. We are introduced to our newest member of the Big Hero 6 team and rounding it out to 6, that being Fred, or otherwise known as Fredzilla. And we'll get into his character and why he's called Fredzilla a little later on with that reveal. But the biggest thing that brought a lot of interest from me and excitement about Fred is that he is wearing prominently an orange t-shirt with a devil dinosaur on that t-shirt, which I thought was very, very cool. Great callback and tribute to Jack Kirby and the lineage of that particular character. Of course, we've been covering Devil Dinosaur over on our Kudos Kirby series. So our team is having breakfast at the house. Furry Wama was preparing breakfast for everyone, and they are discussing why they're there in New York and how they are going to go undercover to find out what's about to happen here with the theft of this valuable artifact and hope to put a stop to that. While they are all discussing this, they are going to go in as exchange students at the local high school. As is the tradition for Big Hero 6, everyone is taken through a rite of initiation, meaning being attacked and them being able to show off their particular abilities. And this is being set up for Fred here. You have... Honey Lemon and Gogo Tanaka there, and they start to put Fred through his paces. While this is going on, you have Baymax watching nearby just to make sure that no one gets seriously injured. As the excitement continues and the fight goes out of the house and onto the lawn out back, suddenly, through his glasses, Hero recognizes that there is somebody else who is also very tech savvy. And that is none other than the daughter of the chief scientist that Big Hero 6 has also been assigned to protect here in New York. And she also has a pair of smart glasses that she utilizes in order to gather information and to process it. Hero and the daughter Marys 
end up bonding over their love for tech. And there is a really sweet little bit of romance, if you will, that begins to transpire between these two teens. Finally, Baymax heads out and breaks up the skirmish or initiation there for Fred. And all of them are apologetic to one another, saying, hey, perhaps we took this a little bit too far. But quickly, there is an alert. And the alert being that Fred has revealed his set of abilities. And what's crazy is when Fred gets angered, he ends up projecting a large image of a beast. It almost looks like a kaiju kind of beast behind him. And hence, that's how he gets his nickname Fredzilla. This appears to be a projection. However, it could be foreshadowing to what he may ultimately be able to transform into. Quickly, Baymax apologizes to Fred and says, hey, I didn't mean to get you uh, angered. I just want to make sure that the fighting didn't go too far. And he says, that's cool, Baymax. I suspect we all get a little carried away just now and then. Quickly, the yelling and ruckus finally gets Mary's dad, whose house actually they're staying at, Dr. Ayasama, to come out and say, hey, what's all going on here? With that, the kids pack up their stuff, head off to school. And while they head off to school, Dr. Ayasayama and also Furiwamu head off to the research facility that Dr. Ayasayama works at. While this is happening, they don't realize that they are being surveillanced by folks who are casing out the daily routine of the good doctor, and something is afoot. They take a boat out to Plum Island, which is a highly secure research facility. They have received in the interim an alert or warning that something is transpiring out there on Plum Island. Located just off the eastern tip of Long Island's North Fork is Plum Island. It's rumored to be one of the most formidable disease research centers in the United States, if not the world. Someone went to a lot of trouble to break into the Sakahara Bank, and that is what happened back in Tokyo, and they're fearing that this base, this research facility on Plum Island, is the next target. Furiwamu divulges this to the good doctor as they proceed into the lab. Meanwhile, we cut back to Southport High School, where the students are invited to join the Japanese exchange students, otherwise known as Big Hero 6, after school for a demonstration of cooking, courtesy of Wasabi no Ginger. So Wasabi no Ginger sets himself up in the gym to do this cooking demonstration. However, due to it raining outside, the football team decides to practice indoors in the gym. As they're throwing footballs back and forth and running plays, members of Big Hero 6 come onto the scene and decide to mix it up with the football team. As they are mixing it up with the football team, they show their acumen, their superhuman abilities, the speed with which Gogo Tanaka can move around, and the speed of Wasabi no Ginger and strength as he goes across the line and goes out for a pass. Their football acumen ends up impressing the football team so much that they are invited as exchange students to participate with the football team in one of their games. This is where we end up establishing the Big Hero 6 team in their new environment and at the same time have a reveal also of Fredzilla projecting this kaiju beast uh, out of him to stop 
the play and the scrimmaging between the members of Big Hero 6 and the football team. It seems Fred, in him going undercover, has decided to go ahead and be a student coach and help out the football team coach in the interim. Once they've decided to join up on the football team, we then cut to our next scene of the surveillance team of these folks who are planning out and casing Plum Island and all the members of Big Hero 6. There is a series of photos that are laid out on a table and show that there is something afoot. The big one and the local, Baymax and Fred, they're not for me. There's something about these two. I don't know what makes them unusable. Until I neutralize them, I can't complete my acquisition. So very clearly, this artifact is going to be an issue with respect to getting a hold of it until Fred and Baymax are neutralized. And they have then been identified as those that the perpetrators of this crime will need to address first. However, they have identified Honey Lemon to be an accomplice, a target, someone to try to turn, to get them, to work with them, to infiltrate Big Hero 6. As this gloved figure is clutching her photo, he says... I have to find a solution. A cat's paw the others won't suspect. He or it or she is looking at Honey Lemon's photo. An adversary they won't dare fight. In other words, turn one of their own against them. Thus completes this second exciting issue of Big Hero 6, New Kids on the Block. Next up will be open season. I'd like to go ahead and review the art for this issue, New Kids on the Block. David Nakayama does a fantastic job of providing some great action sequences in this one. In particular, I absolutely loved the projection of the avatar that Fred does of that dino slash kaiju character and the intimidation that that causes in any and all that he faces. What you tend to see after that is him take on some great strength in order to subdue someone that he is talking to. In the first instance where he has his confrontation with Baymax after being, I guess, initiated by Honey Lemon and Gogo. He actually flings Baymax, and Baymax is a really strong character, this robot. Then, in the second instance where he generates this avatar, it's to stop Wasabi No Ginger from continuing to play in the football game, saying, hey, look, 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 this pickup game in the gym has gotten out of hand. You guys are absolutely killing the local high school football team players, and Oh, by the way, since I'm an assistant coach now, the head coach has asked if you all would like to join the team and help them as exchange students win a couple games. So that whole sequence was really great, action-packed, lots of fun. The dialogue is very snappy back and forth. And along the art front, I have to give some great credit here. When I'm looking at the colors, you have everything ranging in the primary color spectrum. Different shades of blues that go into purples, that go into reds. It's vibrant. It's really, really engaging for the eyes. I, you know, the this has been a treat to take in, and Emily Warren does a wonderful job along those lines. Now, I don't know if she was receiving direction at all from David Nakayama or if they were working collaboratively on this, but I have to say that the use of color here and the use of it also enhancing light 
and shade is extremely well done. Where there's call for muted colors, it's great. The level of detail in this is spectacular. And I'll, I'll take the reader into a specific part here. And that is when they're in the home of the good doctor and, and Mary's, where they have set up their base there on Long Island, there is some really fine detail work done on, of all things, wallpaper. Great, great job of putting a wallpaper pattern on the walls. The level of detail in this book is exquisite along those lines. There's even pictures up on the walls of family members that is very well done and quite a bit of detail and different shaped frames and things. I I just, nothing was left sloppily done. The detail is fantastic. I even love the shapes of the chairs at the kitchen table. And the table itself has some patina on it and some dings in it. So it definitely looks like it is a well-worn family table in the kitchen. It's really, really well done. The kitchen appliances, the backgrounds there, and the different colors of the walls, the tile on the floor, all of those things done very, very well. In addition to that, I'll say when we head over to the high school, the gym scene is very well done too. And again, nothing is lost in the details. Everything from how the typical gym is laid out, and set up for basketball typically to the bleachers the ropes that you would see at a normal high school gym for gym class for kids having to go ahead and scale up the ropes the detail there and go-go heads up there and she repels down and it's again very well done and thoroughly thoroughly a feast for the eyes so i hope that you will enjoy taking this in as much as I did. It was very, very well rendered from the penciling to the inkings. And again, I really think the colors shine. It just leaps off the page. Now I'd like to read for you the Big Hero 6 backups from this second issue. Welcome back, Big Hero Boosters. We're back for our second issue, and the team has finally filled out its ranks, becoming an actual six once again. Who is this Fred, and just what is the deal with that giant dino avatar he seems to be casting when viewed just right? Hey, I'm not going to tell you just yet. You think I want Mr. Claremont mad at me? No, sir. At any rate, we're pleased as plum pudding to have you back with us again as we follow the exploits of Japan's greatest superheroes in the wilds of Long Island? Yep, that's right. As they go undercover in the American suburb, we get to head back into the Marvel vaults to check out some excellent backup material. First up, we have an eight-page story of Sunfire, back when he was the only superhero of the Japanese Isles. This little tale is called The Dreaded Deadline Doom, and ran in Marvel Comics Presents number 32. It's written by Scott Lobdell, who wrote the first Big Hero 6 miniseries, penciled by Don Heck, inked by Dave Cockrum, colored by Ken Funderwitz, and lettered by Diana Albers. It's a fun little tale with the dialogue all done like subtitles, sort of. Get it? Because they're speaking Japanese. After that, we have a bit more from the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. This time, we have the updated profiles for the other two former members of the six. 
Evan Samurai and Sunpire. These entries might even longer than their appearances in the comics. After that, we have the Marvel Atlas's entry for the sixth home of Japan. And again, special thanks to Anthony Flamini, who updated these for us. Come back next month, for I have no idea what we'll have back here next month, but be there. Be seeing you soon. Jordan D. White, assistant editor. Again, another great bit of fan service out to the Marvel readership and fans of Big Hero 6 by Jordan D. White, the assistant editor for this series. If you are just joining us now in this second profile, I would highly encourage you to go back to our previous episode where we had Big Hero 6, Brave New Heroes, and key in on the detailed biographies of our writer, Chris Claremont, and our artist, David Nakayama. Until next time, kids, we hope you have enjoyed our continuing series here for our comic book character of the month, Big Hero 6, in Marvel Goes Manga, here on Manga Month, here on Kirby's Kids. Please leave us your impressions of this issue of New Kids on the Block by leaving us a message via the Anchor app or send us an email at kirbyskidspodcast at gmail.com. Excelsior! <laughs>